a new text-based social media platform recently launched in over 100 countries. Within seven hours, 10 million have signed up. The platform is called Threads. Could Threads be the next big thing? Step aside, Twitter. You've got company. Threads is the latest platform under the company Meta, the home of Facebook and Instagram. Threads certainly has the infrastructure to make it big, but a competitor to Twitter is only possible due to an increasingly disgruntled user base on the platform. Once multi-billionaire Elon Musk bought the company, several controversial choices were made, like charging users to be labeled as a verified account and limiting the amount of posts you can view in a day. All these social media platforms show us that people want to feel connected. In fact, they need connection. We need connection. As Christians, let's provide a community that shares what individuals need, a connection to one another, but more importantly, to their creator. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus and a program today called 10,000 Miles with Paul. In today's world, it's harder for false witnesses to be brought forward. Everything is captured on smartphone video for posterity. We don't have video records from the first century, but we do have the only inspired history book called The Acts of the Apostles. And in it, we learn that Saul, who became Paul, was often attacked for sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. He was an early Christian who knew about riots, although he was for law and order. He didn't instigate violence like in Ephesus. They broke out because of his message. He brought the peace of Christ to the Roman world. The city where Paul was attacked is the same one that Mark Antony and Cleopatra were hoping to take up residence in, in 33 BC. In the city, they hoped to amass resources and prepare for their upcoming battle with Octavian. Octavian, of course, won the battle and later ascended to become Caesar Augustus in the Roman Empire. Where did Mark Antony and Cleopatra seek refuge? It was Ephesus, the same Ephesus we read about in the Bible and a city we're going to spend some time with in just a moment as we start a series this week called 10,000 Miles with Paul. We had a listener contact us recently. She said she was shocked but not surprised by that number, 10,000 miles. In fact, Paul traveled even further if you count his boat trips. Would you love to follow in his footsteps? What a journey that would be. For most of us, we just can't afford to go on such a trip. But David Suchet and his film crew followed those footsteps a few years ago, and he invites all of us to join with him. I'm David Suchet, and I'm on a journey around the Mediterranean, following in the footsteps of a man who 2,000 years ago traveled more than 10,000 miles around the Roman world on foot, and many, many more by sea. British actor David Suchet talking about his journey as he walked in the footsteps of Paul. And of course, I've mentioned it on earlier programs, David Suchet is a Christian. When I interviewed him many years ago, I asked him how he went from a Jew who believed in nothing and became a follower of Christ. I had a conversion experience at the age of 40, and that was in uh, uh, 1986. 
and I, it's a very, very long story, the conversion, and, 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 and as, as everybody knows, conversions don't have a very clean beginning, and they don't have a very mm-hmm. clean end. They have, you, you, <laughs> it's a very, it can be, and in my case was, very confusing, and for, if I was to write a book about my faith, I think uh, a lot of your listeners would, would, would sort of sympathize with this. I was dragged kicking and screaming, because mm-hmm. at, at 40 years of age, <laughs> you're not quite sure why you've been hit over the head in the way you have been hit over the head. But I have to say that God would not let me go. And I, and I often feel yeah. that um, my faith was rather like Jacob wrestling. I've ended up with a few bruises and a few dislocated hips, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm still there. And um, he, he, he has blessed me and, and loved me, and I feel very, very cherished by him. And I'm, it's, I would say that as an actor and as a person... The most important thing in my life is my faith. David Suchet sharing a portion of his testimony with us, and I'd love for you to join him on his epic journey following in the footsteps of Paul, discovering places and things about the apostle that perhaps you've never seen and possibly never known. After the program, I'd like to invite you to call us and make a generous gift for this documentary DVD, In the Footsteps of Paul. The number to call is 800 Six five four twenty eight thirty six eight hundred six five four twenty eight thirty six or come to our website, watch the trailer, and then make your gift at haventoday.org, haventoday.org, for in the footsteps of Paul. I can't think of a better way to open this program than with a song written and sung by Bill Cantos. He was a member of the Haven of Rest Quartet. Join me now as Bill Cantos leads us in I Sing Peace. Peace, I sing peace, I sing peace in the name of the Lord. Peace, I sing peace, I sing peace in the name of the Lord. There is peace in abundance at the foot of the cross Where I understand His mercy and how much it cost There is peace overflowing in the shelter of His arms Where He holds me forever safe from There is 
You're listening to Haven Today, and I'm Charles Morris as we start up our series this week called 10,000 Miles with Paul. And that was Bill Cantos singing his song, I Sing Peace. Along the 10,000 plus miles that Paul walked, one place was very special to him, the city of Ephesus where Mark Antony came into this city in 33 B.C. on false pretenses. He was welcomed into Ephesus with open arms, but they didn't know he was planning on looting the city and laying it to waste. He just wanted to use Ephesus. He came in like a wolf in sheep's clothing. And by the time the apostle Paul got to Ephesus, in the middle of the first century, the city was still recovering, but on its way to being declared the first and greatest metropolis of Asia as the capital city of the Roman province of Asia. Ephesus was an important place. The Apostle Paul knew that, but when he came to Ephesus the first time, he found out they hadn't heard the full message of the gospel. They hadn't heard about the Holy Spirit, and that meant they weren't living in the power that the Lord provides his people. Well, Paul ended up staying two years, teaching the people in Ephesus, building up the church, and that didn't go over too well with many of its citizens. The other important thing to know about ancient Ephesus is that it was a hotbed of pagan worship. Temples and cults often went to Ephesus because it was such an important city in the province of Asia. The city of Ephesus was home of the cult of Artemis, a Greek goddess of the moon, wild animals, and the hunt. The temple of Artemis, one of the seven wonders of the ancient world, was located there. The gospel and the growth of the church in Ephesus disrupted the religious world of Ephesus, and that meant it disrupted the market for shrines and idols. In Acts 19, the author Luke tells us that Paul's preaching in Ephesus nearly caused a riot because it was disrupting the sale of silver shrines to Artemis. The gospel was making a stir, violence even, but people were coming and meeting the Lord Jesus. Christ was making himself known. The Ephesian church was in a dangerous spot, not dangerous like other cities in the ancient world, full of bandits and hideouts. It was in a dangerous place because so many citizens of Ephesus were devoted to Artemis or the other gods and goddesses of the Greek and Roman pantheon. That's why when Paul saw the Ephesians for the final time, he warned them of wolves coming in. Just like Mark Antony and Cleopatra came in on their false pretenses, Paul knew that Ephesus was a place where wolves would sneak into the church even. He was on his way to Jerusalem, but wanted to see the Ephesian elders. He called them to meet him in Miletus, and he gave them a final word. Let's listen together to what he said to the elders of that ancient church from Acts chapter 20. From Miletus, Paul sent to Ephesus for the elders of the church. When they arrived, he said to them, You know how I lived the whole time I was with you, from the first day I came into the province of Asia. I served the Lord with great humility and with tears, and in the midst of severe testing by the plots of my Jewish opponents. You know that I have not hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you, but have taught you publicly and from house to house. I have declared to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance, and have faith in our Lord Jesus. And now, compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. 
However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. The task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Now I know that none of you among whom I have gone about preaching the kingdom will ever see me again. Therefore I declare to you today that I am innocent of the blood of any of you. For I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God. Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. Even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. So be on your guard. Remember that for three years, I never stopped warning each of you night and day with tears. Now I commit you to God and to the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I have not coveted anyone's silver or gold or clothing. You yourselves know that these hands of mine have supplied my own needs and the needs of my companions. In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak, remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. When Paul had finished speaking, he knelt down with all of them and prayed. They all wept as they embraced him and kissed him. What grieved them most was his statement that they would never see his face again. Then they accompanied him to the ship. Read for us by David Suchet, a British actor and your tour guide in the footsteps of Paul documentary, reading to us Acts 20, verses 17 through 35. It was Paul's final time ever seeing those Ephesian elders. He was sad, and so were they. The story goes on to tell us that they wept with each other after Paul finished speaking because they knew they would never see him again. Paul wanted them to know of his heart for them. He hadn't come to Ephesus with the hope of becoming famous, much less starting riots. He came to declare the hope of the gospel, to faithfully preach Christ from all of Scripture, and to serve the people with his very life. He was a fierce preacher. But his intensity came from his devotion to his Lord and his passion to see lost souls come to Christ. That's how we should be as well. When's the last time you verbally shared the gospel with someone else? I don't ask that to embarrass or condemn any of us. It's a question we should have in our minds always. We're called to declare the excellencies of Christ to a world that doesn't know him, to proclaim the gospel in darkness. We all know someone who doesn't know Christ, and I am convinced the Lord wants to use us to bring them home. But there's another reason Paul wanted to remind the Ephesian elders of his sincerity and passion for this good news. Religious preachers in those days sometimes took advantage of people. They came to town with a new message, but they required funding to make it known. They would exploit people to line their pockets with cash before moving on to their next stop and do it all over again. If the message is worth hearing, it's worth paying to hear, they would say. Paul wasn't like that. He preached whenever he could, wherever he could. He didn't charge. He didn't hold anything back. 
In Acts 20, 27, he says he didn't hesitate to preach the whole counsel of God. Paul said this, not to boast about his preaching, but to remind us and the Ephesians that he was genuine. He wasn't trying to exploit them. He worked for himself, but really for his Lord, and he didn't covet gold or silver. Paul knew that Ephesus was a place where wolves would come to lead the church astray, so he made it clear that he was not a wolf. He loved the Ephesians and devoted his life to preach to them and give them everything, and he wanted to warn them of wolves. Watch yourselves, he said, because wolves will come in looking like sheep, but they will try to draw the church away after themselves. Sounds like a few instances I can think of today. So many public figures and politicians use the name of Christ simply to gain an edge on competition. They know just enough Christian language and enough verses out of context to sound convincing. But at their root, they're wolves. We need to be on our guard. Ephesus did too. Is it any surprise that Paul's letter to the Ephesians ends by exhorting them to put on the full armor of God and to stand firm against the wilds of the enemy? Paul knew this would happen, and he wanted to warn the Ephesians and help them any way he could. One of Paul's final letters was written to Paul's colleague, Timothy. Timothy was ministering in, yes, you can guess, Ephesus, and he was dealing with false teachers who had invaded the church. Paul's warning had come true. The church in Ephesus was in need, desperate need. Timothy was there to preach the truth and help that church turn back to Christ. In all of this, we see Paul's concern for the Ephesians long after he had departed from them off the coast of Miletus. He loved the Ephesians. He cared deeply for them. His mind was always returning to them as he wrote and prayed and preached. Doesn't this sound familiar? That's how our Lord Jesus treats us, isn't it? He watches over us, protecting us from wolves that seek to devour us. He constantly has us in mind. Romans 8 tells us that he's always praying for us, even now, even after he's gone. He's bringing us before the Father, we're told, and he gave his life for us. Paul devoted his life to the Ephesians, but Jesus Christ gave up his life for them and for us if we have faith. Christ's death destroyed our enemies, sin, Satan, death. His resurrection gives us new life, and his Spirit empowers us to stand firm. The Ephesians church shows us the love of our Lord. He came to us in the flesh faithfully served us, and constantly looks after us. Take some time to read Ephesians today, would you? Hear again the good news of the gospel. And in the footsteps of Paul, cast yourself upon Christ. He loves you. He protects you. And one day, he's coming back to save you once and for all. The gospel changes everything. The turning point in history. Even now it's changing me From who I was The story of my Savior calls Me to the wonder of the cross The gospel changes everything And it is changing me the gospel changes everything The turning point in history 
your clothes Me to the wonder of the cross The gospel changes everything And it is changing me You saved my soul Andrews and the gospel changes everything here on this haven today 10,000 miles with the apostle Paul change is a constant in our world like sand through an hourglass but one thing doesn't change for a Christian God's word and how he speaks to us even now and as we've been looking at the footsteps of Paul his entire story is found in God's word 
His journey in life and on the road is always encouraging, and I want you to be blessed by it as you watch the two-part DVD called In the Footsteps of Paul, hosted by the man we just heard from, a Jew by birth, but later on at age 40, a follower of Jesus, British actor David Suchet. Originally made for the BBC, this stellar documentary will help you to read your Bible with a new sense of realism as you see so many of the places where Paul visited as he planted the young church of Jesus. It's almost as good as traveling there yourself. Call us right now for your copy of In the Footsteps of Paul. Make as generous a gift as you can to help us keep sharing this Jesus around the world as well as where you live. And the number to call right now is 800 654 2836. 800 654 2836. Or go make your gift on our website at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris. Thank you for being with me. Won't you come back again tomorrow when again we get to share together the great story, the story that's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. If you were standing before a child or one of your closest loved ones, what would you say if they asked you how they should live? This is kind of what the book of Proverbs is like. It's written from a father to a son, words for wisdom and for living a wise life. Proverbs 3.3 gives a fundamental lesson. Do not neglect mercy or truth. Tie them around your neck. Write them on your heart. Mercy and truth. Mercy is a willingness to relent and forgive for the sake of the other. Truth is reality. We cannot neglect these. Live in the real world and be the kind of person who shows mercy. That's wise, like Jesus. Spend more time with Jesus. Visit GetAnchor.com.